Hello and welcome to a special episode of Jumpcast, the podcast from the award-winning team behind Jumpcut Online. My name is Dave Curtis, and your host for today's episode. And today I'm joined by Holly. Hiya. And making her pod debut is Billy. Hi. And on this episode, we will be reviewing Just Mercy, the new film starring Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. But first of all, I think we should just get straight to the news that, well, it's been a pretty slow week, to be honest, but this is the big one that's dropped into my lap and I just couldn't wait to talk about it. Uh, and then I mentioned it to my colleagues and they haven't seen the film. So this is brilliant. But, <laughs> Good start. <laughs> I feel called out. Yeah, but we'll get into that in a minute. But okay. Basically, this week it was announced in the Hollywood Reporter. It was actually in a uh, an article about Bad Boys 4, uh, about the writer about that. But apparently the writer, Chris Bremner, has been scheduled in to be the writer of National Treasure Free, which is amazing because I've been waiting for this uh, waiting for this movie for about 13 years uh, uh, and every few years there's always been a slight bit of information or a teaser that it's going to be made or released or Jerry Bruckheimer has said something or Nicolas Cage has said something uh, and it's a I can't wait but Holly yep. how have you not seen this movie before or Honestly, there's two I, of them I've heard of it but I couldn't even tell you what like the synopsis is of it um and actually now that you've said Nicolas Cage that it does ring a bell but I've definitely not seen it so um and I don't know I don't know why it just hasn't like my my life in this film the past just haven't crossed at all um i don't I, think i my parents ever watched it when i was growing up or anything like when was the so there's been two so when was the first one there's been two 2004 oh right okay oh i imagine them being a lot older than that i don't know why so um okay i have no excuse really because i was eight in 2004 so, i mean it's Me been a, oh wow i don't know what the movies are like oh. or, uh, whether whether they're like kid friendly or whatever but yeah i've just never they yeah never they're very kid friendly. They're like, uh, they came out, I think, after the Pirates of the Caribbeans, and Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer were trying to search out for like another franchise. Oh. So there was, so there was like the same time there was the Prince of Persia or uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice or the Lone Ranger. And he had a load of, well, misfires, to be honest, those ones. But yeah, this one. National Treasure, it starred uh, Nicolas Cage being brilliant. It had Diane Kruger, it had John Bamford in it, Harvey Cattell. The first one's got Sean Bean playing a bad guy. The second one's got Ed Harris being a bad guy. It's, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're pretty stupid, I think. I don't think they, <laughs> Good cast. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think the history holds out, but I, I strongly recommend this. Uh, and they, they surprisingly, they, they both made pretty decent money uh, and for the last, like I said, 13 years, it just it just hasn't happened. Uh, and I don't know why. And there's a big, I think there's a big following on, on the internet somewhere, always like trying to get the thing moving or petitions to get a thing started. But to get this actual news that there is a writer on board is is pretty big for, for us National Treasure fans. I'm not quite sure we have a name. To how many of you are there? <laughs> it's you <laughs> Millions, millions. So do you know anything it's else good, but, about the movie or is it just that it's got a writer now? That's literally, and it's got Jerry Bruckheimer oh, right, okay. attached as a producer. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be some about some, it's always about some history and American history, like, uh, and it's, I'm not, not quite sure it's always plausible. 
but there's normally a lot of running and shouting and jumping and things collapse and they go underground at some point and at some point there's something gets flooded uh and it's yeah I, it's sounds like, what you should, like indiana every, jones to me it's very much like indiana jones okay. uh but for, for a new generation that. it looked like the goonies but with loads more explosions Oh, yes. That's a good way of something. Yeah. <laughs> and these are both good things. You and it's on literally every Christmas, both of them. Oh. Really? I don't know how this has never like crossed past with me. <laughs> it, it's well, it's making me feel old that you said you were eight when it, the first one came out. How but old were you? That uh, two thousand and four. Uh, I was eighteen, nineteen, I believe. Oh, wow. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. We're just babies. Probably too old. Uh, babies Billy. <laughs> so I literally almost called yeah. you Melissa because on your Twitter you're Billy Melissa. <laughs> I yeah, leave. no, I made so the mistake bad. of doing that because now people use it as like a thing to address me. No one's ever used my middle name until like I went to uni and then it was my first name for a really long time and I just like dropped myself in it now. Oh my like, God. Go <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've got to live with it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I'll have a whole oh. new identity. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, go go watch National Treasure, you two. Okay, I'll put it on. And then we can do. It, it should be right at the top. I'm interested uh, though, and then, because it's directed by the director of Cool Runnings, and I love Cool Runnings. Uh, yes, and that he also directed The Meg recently. No way! That I didn't Jason's, know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were the same. And and it's a bit of glow tropping and trotting. In the second one, he goes to they go to London. And it, they, you hear some brilliant accents, and they go to Paris, uh, and they break into Buckingham Palace and stuff. And actually, I'm doing, I'm getting spoilers now. Just <laughs> no spoilers. But, but National Treasure Free for us fans coming, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's, it's. Pro- I really wanted it to happen for a long time, and I've given up hope. And now they've just given me a little bit of hope. That it might actually happen. I mean, how old is Nicolas Cage now? About sixty. Is he so, actually? Oh my god! Oh. I don't want to put him up there, but he must be nearly that, probably. Oh. Sorry, Nicholas, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry if you're not. Sorry if he's really like forty years old. Oh my god! I'm gonna have. Yeah. I'm gonna have a look. I'm really curious. Nicholas Cage. I think he's definitely in higher fifties. He is fifty-six. Yeah. Not quite sixty. So okay. Almost getting not there. Not quite sixty. I feel bad for, slightly, but. <laughs> Overaging him. The first time I visited Death Row, I wasn't expecting to meet somebody the same age as me. From a neighborhood just like ours. Could have been me, Mama. But what you're doing is gonna make a lot of people upset. You always taught me to fight for the people who need the help most. Your life is still meaningful, and I'm gonna do everything possible to keep them from taking it. You don't know what you're into down here in Alabama when you're guilty. From the moment you're born. After graduating from Harvard, Brian Stevenson heads to Alabama to defend those wrongly condemned or those not afforded proper representation. One of his first cases is that of Walter McMillan, who is sentenced to death in 1987 for a murder of an 18-year-old girl, despite evidence proving his innocence. In the years that follow, Stevenson encounters racism and legal and political maneuverism as he tirelessly, tirelessly fights for McMillan's life. 
this is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, who's previously directed Short Term 12 and The Glass House, which both starred Brie Larson. Uh, this cast consists of Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson, Rob Morgan, Tim Blake Nelson, Rafe Small, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, and I have to say, uh, I quite I really enjoyed this film. I'm going to go straight to you, Billy, on your views. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw you right in the deep oh, end. No. <laughs> yeah. What did you What did you make of this? Uh, just mercy. I think the first time I saw it, I was just really, really shocked because, I mean, it was a late addition to LFF, and I mm. hadn't heard anything about it except that everyone at PIF loved it, and so I went into it completely blind, and obviously was just completely shocked by what I'd just seen. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, like, I, I know that the argument is that, like, it's just a very safe movie, but I don't, I don't really see that, personally. Uh, I agree with you. I thought it was quite, had an important message in it uh, as well, and I, yeah. it has a str- and strong the, performances. The, yeah, I mean, the performances make it, obviously, I think, without, especially without Rob Morgan and Tim Blake Nelson and Jamie Foxx, mm. without their performances, it does fall it could easily fall flat, but I think especially Rob Morgan and, you know, his um, yeah. his uh, show-stopping scene. Uh, I'll ask Holly, what did you think of uh, Just Mercy as well? Yeah, really, really good. Um, I, it kind of, yeah, it wasn't on my radar at LFF and I was only there actually for a few days anyway, but I went, so I saw Just Mercy two weeks ago yesterday because Odeon did... Mm. Um, screen and scene i think screen and scene um oh yeah so i yeah. went and actually billy i saw your tweets that you you wrote that you thought it was going to be just mercy on that night so i was oh, like oh that's worked. really cool <laughs> no no it was really cool because i was like oh i had no idea and then oh uh, yeah billy i saw your tweets i was like okay that's if it is that that's really good because i've like i think i'd seen a trailer for it or read something yeah. about it and thought it looked good um yeah i was blown away by it um very very emotional and yeah, like you guys said like just everyone's just crying especially after that one <laughs> that the mm-hmm. that one scene uh the yeah. Rob morgan scene um i just it went quiet and then you could hear like so many sniffles like around the auditorium including oh. me i was just like really <laughs> just trying, trying to keep it together but yeah really really hard hitting um i mean if people are calling it a safe film i think it's not like overly it's not like really stylish it's like there's nothing in in way in regards to like cinematic technique that's really like mind-blowing or really yeah. really yeah. like noteworthy but i don't think that's important for a film like this because it's the story that's important and it's the message yeah. and actually if you make it really really like stylish or whatever then that takes away from the story it's trying to tell so but no i yeah i thought it was brilliant really really good yeah, brilliant. Do you to feel like maybe Michael B. Jordan was a little bit out of his depth compared to like some of the other names you said, like Rob Morgan and Jamie Fox and uh, Tim Blake Nelson? Or I think the thing is, I just with... sorry, go ahead. I just think it's some of the scenes, like the other, the, those three in particular, mm. were standing up and being so good that sometimes his performance and maybe that yeah. was the way he was, he approached it that was li- just a little bit in the background but uh i think yeah it's hard to because i mean seeing brian stevenson speak it's so hard to capture his essence and there's just something about him that is completely 
unique and to not want to do an impersonation because I think it's so hard to have to play someone who not only has existed but is still alive today um it's super hard to and he I don't know there's something so unique about him you just couldn't capture it and so I think it I know what you mean about his performance feeling a little bit more understated but that being said yeah it's that Brian is so gracious as a person I feel like he was trying to do the same thing for the actors around him I thought I thought um Michael B. Dorn was really, really good. There were like a couple of maybe a couple of moments where I didn't quite believe it and I obviously like oh I personally think Jamie Foxx did how like had the best performance of him and Rob Morgan actually they both were incredible. Yeah. But I do think that Absolutely. Michael B. Dorn did match them for most of the film. Maybe there yeah, a couple of moments where um there was a bit of a bit of a gap between what they mm. were sort of what they were bringing um to the yeah. scene. But but no, I thought he was really I thought he was brilliant in it. Do you think that the the film got the message across that it wanted to put across, or do you think it would it was slightly what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not not dodgy, but, <laughs> but do you think do you think it went hard enough? Yes. If you know what I mean, because this is such a serious subject, and this is such a a subject that's quite important nowadays. Yeah, uh, and it's good that. That people are shining a light on it, like, like this film. And mm-hmm. I have, I go, yeah. Have you guys read the book? Yeah. Any review? I know. No. Have I you? Yeah, I have. Is it is it like the book, or is it told like this, or is it just like a, is it told from um, Stevenson's well, point of view? There's two versions. There's an adapted version for young adults, and then there's also just the the longer version. Um, but it's it's the the. I think it's more based around the young adult one because it focuses only on water, whereas the book has a lot more like legal facts in it as well as more stories, not just based around um, uh, uh, around Jamie Foxx's character. But it, I think, I don't know, I think for me like seeing and reading it is just as, as devastating. I don't think one is particularly stronger than the other, to be honest. But like I said, there's something about the way Brian puts it because it's so first-hand experience for him that is is hard to translate onto screen. I think I still can't get over that this is a real story because this yeah. at one at one at one point when I think it's one of the appeals. I think we should probably say we might go into slight spoilers here, guys. Uh, when he all the evidence points to him being. Mm-hmm. Uh, cleared or not guilty and i just i was like i i can't believe that the judge sat there and was like no no he's still guilty take him back to prison i just at that point my heart broke for the man and the film i think did a an excellent portrayal of uh of the whole uh, the whole uh feeling of the um the whole community yeah what i'm saying I think they portrayed that really well, how how tight-knit that community was and how much support Walter had. Yeah. I thought the scene also in when she, uh, Brian or Michael B. Jordan went to the house for the first time and they all sat round. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I thought it was, thought it was absolutely brilliant, uh, to be honest. And I think with the, the family and them, I thought it was, just, it was, it was so powerful. Yeah. I agree with you because... Um... Like you said, I can't believe it's a real story. For me, 
I don't know if you guys ever learned about the death penalty in school, but we had like one class on it in the United, and so it kind of became this thing that I just thought didn't exist anymore. And so yeah, yeah. When I saw it on the uh, LFF, I was like, how does this not only like exist? What like twenty, thirty years ago, it still exists to this day, and they still have cases that are identical to this one and have not learned yeah. a single thing. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, um, it's is it still legal in some states in America? Yeah, I think it, I believe so. It's yeah, low, it's quite a few, especially in the south. Mm. Yeah, now at school where I didn't learn anything about <laughs> death penalty or anything like that. I thought I thought you were going to stop it. I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I learned. Were you going to stop that? I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it was okay. a different time. <laughs> no, but I think it's a piece of history, or not just history, because obviously it's still going today. Mm. That that people should be made aware of massively because it's. It's just not right to be in, in the end of the day. No. Uh, it didn't because a little bit didn't he get sent to prison like death row without even being taken to court in the yeah, first. Yeah, they bit. put him there for 15, 15 months, I think it was, without a trial, and then um, and then they had the trial and sent he. They actually uh, the jury gave him life without parole, and the judge override it and put put him to death anyway. Oh my! This is awful. Wow. Yeah, I cr- I actually cried in two bits when I watched it. I like the bit you said the the Rob Morgan scene, which we yeah. should probably we should probably talk about, mm. and also at the end when oh god again spoiler, uh, he's actually released, uh, mm. found not guilty. Finally, I just yeah, I I, I couldn't help myself but just cry. By saying that, I pretty much cry everything nowadays, it seems. so. <laughs> I'm such an easy crier, but it did get me in a different way. What, both those scenes or? Just the whole it? thing. Do you, would there be any negatives for you for the film? Or uh, one of my negatives is, and this is a silly one, uh, Jamie Foxx's Tash right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such I a just, random like thing to pick apart. I just well, it was too high on his face. <laughs> I felt. But now that you say it, actually, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm gonna have to like rewatch. And I know. <laughs> and I know, yeah. And I know from all that, from the whole film, it's such a serious subject. It's such an important film. That that's what I took out of the first ten minutes. Like, I just couldn't really concentrate because I thought he was in disguise. And I thought that's why he was kind of, kind of hiding. Oh, okay. All right, okay, I get it, yeah. I didn't just think he had like a stupid tash. I think it was but just to be honest... a, a nod to the how it physically changes you as well. But I see what you mean, yeah. It could seem a bit ridiculous. But uh, any other uh, negatives? Um, I think for me, and this is not even, I don't even know if it's really negative, but... Maybe the pacing was a little bit off at times. I, I don't know. It kept getting to a point. It kept like building yeah. up. And then I thought, oh, it's oh, it seems like it's going to end here. And then it like went again 10 more minutes and then built up. And then it felt like it was going to end there. And it, I was kind of like, oh, uh, uh, is it like, yeah. what's happening? You know, it just, I don't know. The, I felt it didn't like quite that, sit right with me. Yeah. I felt like that the second time I watched it because it had been such a long gap. And then I remember the second time I watched it, the Rob, Morgan scene came around so much quicker than I remember and I don't know if it's because the first time I really knew nothing and I was just like enjoying every moment but I was kind of anticipating that scene again and it it came so quickly it's actually really quite early in the film because it's it's two hours 
four minutes? Is that right? It's two on IMDb. It says two hours seventeen minutes. Oh, is it oh really wow. Okay, I didn't know it was uh, that long. Yeah, it is uh, quite it long. Like it, a... it could have done with maybe being tightened up a little bit. Um, maybe the runtime, yeah. but. I, I agree. I think it slightly overstayed its welcome. I mean, some the pacing was just a little bit uh, off uh, um, yeah. for me. But but again, when you're you've got that much uh, history to go into and that much detail and that much uh, message to get across, then maybe it's best not to rush it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because then, then then you're not giving the subject matter the, the respect it deserves. To be honest. Yeah. Um, I know that Brian um, didn't want to make the movie. And so I think maybe, no, he really didn't want to do it because he didn't, he's not the kind of person who does things. He thought it could be maybe taken in the wrong way in regards to him and his work, but it was really about getting the message across. And maybe that has something to do with it. Um, the pacing feeling a little bit off. He, he probably didn't want it to seem like, you know, Hollywood glamorized version of the truth from the outside this sometimes if you're looking at it people might just think this is oscar bait kind of uh yeah i guess but the oscars are quite racist so clear, yeah clearly yeah. there's no notice of it because it's you know what actually that's any, um, so true SAG Awards mm. who even noticed yeah. the film giving um yeah nominating jamie fox um but it's the point actor and then they didn't, do... didn't even win so it's like well he should have won oh, I know. <laughs> oh i agree 100%. he 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 was great in this. Uh, I, I sometimes forget how good Jamie Foxx can be when he's actually given a decent yeah. script and decent film to be in. He's so subtle in this. Uh, he doesn't ever... It's nothing showy about his performance. It's just he's so calm in so many situations when I would absolutely be going absolutely mental. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know if, he's, if that's what Walter McMillan was like in real life at all? Or? I think, yeah... That's how he's written anyway by by Brian. I think he did just become cynical because of the there's the line at the beginning where he's like, you don't know what it's like when you're guilty from the moment you were born. I think Walter actually had said that himself. And I think that it's just a version of like cynicism and feeling. But he is just like a really, you can see the hope underneath all the cynicism. And I think the the discussions they had and the friendship they built I think it is pretty close to, without being an imitation, I think it's as close as he could get. Yeah. I think they were my favourite parts is when they were talking to each other yeah. just across the table. I think that's um, some uh, some fantastic bits of uh, dialogue as well. Mm -hmm. And it brings out the best in both of them, especially uh, Jordan when he's opposite Fox. I think that's when... Michael John really gets really shines to be honest. Yeah, I agree. In this film. Yeah, yeah. It, it it does something when you've got a man of that caliber acting opposite you, then it must bring out. Yeah, you must raise your game. Which is why yeah. I think it's so ridiculous that he's been so ignored this season because the definition of a supporting actor is to support the main actor, not yeah. like steal the scene. He does everything he can to give over to, like you said, he highlights all the good parts of Michael B. Jordan's performance. So I don't know. For me, I think it's pretty ridiculous. He's being. I think it's all the good, all the good bits of the film as well come from Jamie Foxx. Oh Fox. yeah, like all the all the bits in the prison. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a little bit questionable why he hasn't been at least more talked about in 
coming up for the awards because I've literally heard nothing. Yeah, because I, I thought it Warner might Brothers. be like I was thinking it might have been because it came out quite like it came out quite late, like at the end of December. But then so has like nineteen seventeen has literally only just yeah. come out and it's been nominated for everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it came out yeah. in the US before here, but can't imagine uh, a little bit before here. Oh, right, it came okay. out on Christmas Day in the US, but oh, so oh, do you mean nineteen seventeen? I don't know. Yeah, nineteen seventeen. Yeah, oh, I don't know. But have you seen uh, a bit of a tangent? But Richard Jewell, yeah, no, and the one that Kathy Bates has been nominated for, yeah, that's not for a best supporting actress next week. Well, I think next week or this, and no disrespect to Kathy Bates, it's a very good performance, but it's no way probably on this level, which you know. I don't know if that's a weak category this year of supporting actresses, which I don't think it is, to be no, honest. No, there's so many to pick from. So many, yeah. Oh, oh my God, yes, J-Lo, massively. <laughs> that literally makes me angry every time I, I hear that. Um, yeah, Richard Jewell so, as well. It was one of those things where it's like, what everyone on Twitter was like, oh, has anyone has anyone heard of this film? Like, what is this? Can you explain? Because <laughs> it got nominated and everyone was like, yeah. um, what? Every year there's one film that's like that, and I think this year it is Richard Jewell. Definitely. <laughs> It's such a shame it's not this one. Um, I know, I wish. But it's because Warner Brothers has Joker to handle as well and they've been too busy programming that. The Tom, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, somehow this has, the marketing hasn't been brilliant. Uh, I don't think it's it's on a huge amount of screens, to be honest, around the country. Uh, It's definitely not on my one near me. It's not in Uh, my local Cineworld. But they had the unlimited screening, which I find even that, more that, ridiculous. That's what that's what I went to was an unlimited screening. Oh, okay, that's yeah. why I go to the unlimited screenings because sometimes you won't get that film again yeah. uh, at your screen. So uh, it was. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, definitely go and see that because I was meant to catch it at London Film Festival. So mm. uh, it's uh, it's a shame that it's not being pushed or given more marketing. Saying that, I think Jamie Foxx and Michael Woodward were on Graham Norton the other day. So oh, yeah, okay. they've been doing a great job of promoing it themselves if no one else is going to do it for them yeah when you've got two leading men like that with so much charisma that, oh yeah they, yeah you yeah sell them yeah and it's such a vital story like if anything was going to be shown everywhere in the uk it should be this especially because it's easy yeah. it's easy for us to kind of turn a blind eye to it and be like oh well it's in america it's it's not relevant but it is and it's mm-hmm. like there's so much in that film that i had it's just yeah just didn't know about at all so i think so many people watch it so many people watch it and not think it's actually real life which will be the saddest thing about Mm. it like this is actually happening it's happened it's it's definitely worth your time to go and watch a film like this to educate at least educate yourself that the world is still this shit so you know and it's amazing that this has got such a a strong cast as well because like we haven't even mentioned Brie Larson, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Or or O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh, or Race so Ball. Such little parts which make make form such a strong film. Like Tim Blake Nelson's great. He uh, was one of the special... best, I think. He made me cry well, in his scenes. Oh, oh yeah? Which yeah. which scenes in the particular? One when he's um I think it's his second chat with uh with Brian and he he asked for the the coke and the juji fruits from the vending machine. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but it really got <laughs> really got to my heart, and I was like, it it was the first thing I think I cried at in the film. 
I couldn't believe yeah. yeah, I thought, and they, at the end they show a picture of the guy he plays, and he literally looks identical. Yeah, to if you yeah. watch the, um, it's actually a little bit scary because he's in the sixty minute. There's the, you know, the section in the film that's the sixty minute. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the real one is on YouTube. It's about fifteen minutes long, and he is identical to him. His voice, the way he looks, everything about it's just it's so crazy. And the lip thing he did. He that was like no prosthetic or anything. He did that by himself for the whole performance. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, this it's amazing this film is is just not being seen. No. But Rob Morgan as Herbert Richardson, his scene, which we should say he's he's being put to death before a crime he uh committed and he kind of admitted it, he put a bomb on a woman's uh front porch, didn't he? But she mm. he uh but he was currently uh, had PTSD, but I think at that time it wasn't really a thing; it wasn't taken seriously. And obviously, him being a black man in that in that county, it was he was guilty even before the the, the jury had their say. Yeah. And when he when he gets carried taken to death row, it's just incredible. All the other. Uh, the inmates that um, they must be above him or below him. Is that how this prison works? Uh, above, yeah. uh, above him. I think they and, were in that, but in in the film, yeah, I think they're above him because yeah. you can see it coming through the the vent above. The vent above, and they're yeah. all hitting the, hitting the, the drink, uh, the, the cups, cups yeah. the bars, and and letting him know that he's not alone for this horrible, horrible time. And it's just a, it's really piece of, like I said earlier, I, I shed a few tears towards it. But. That is the one scene that out of the whole film, that's the one scene that's really, really stuck with me since I saw it. And it's something yeah. that I don't think I'll ever forget in like for the rest of my life. Cause it was just so, it was so long and drawn out and it was like every second counted and it was just like, oh, it was so harrowing. And then you had this, the, song that hit the last song that he wanted to hear played over the radio like over the the stereo yeah. and it's it's like you're watching this like how like how did this actually happen how has this ever been allowed to happen um and especially with his issues with yeah mental health and ptsd and um i was reading about herbert richardson actually um on the uh, equal justice initiative website um and it's really sad because they just didn't take any of that into account because he had suffered a lot of trauma when he was a child and then obviously he was a, in the Vietnam Vietnam War and then suffered all the P- yeah. uh, PTSD and uh, mental health issues after that. And just none of that was taken into account and he was tried by an all-white jury. So he was just just, mm-hmm. just doomed from the beginning, really. It was really, really sad. It's so tragic. But one thing I really love about that scene is it gives him, as a as a person the dignity that he never got in real life Mm. it was like returning the power back to him almost because it was very much about how he was going through it and not about how everyone else was going through it and that's I think that that's why it made me cry not only is it so disturbing to watch it really felt like oh he's getting the dignity that he was he wasn't allowed Mm. even thinking about it now it just gives me like a chills in the back of my neck and it makes me feel very yeah. sad and yeah so it's very it's, it's not a cheery movie to be honest until probably the last five minutes um there's there's parts when it gives you hope and you think the world's going to be a better place and everyone's going to come out all right uh and then uh, it tears you down it's uh but yeah so you, would you recommend this film obviously to uh 
to people because obviously, obviously, I keep saying obviously, uh, <laughs> people are going to have to go and try and find this film. It's not going to come to their local cinema. Yes. Do you think it's worth their time? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, out of everything that's on right now, I mean, you can go see whatever you like, you know, it's free will, whatever, but I think this is something that is, like, it's, above all, it's educational, and I think it's so important to con- to consider what it's saying and how that, you know, the systematic oppression of black people how it's still happening not just in death not just through like things like uh death services but through everything else like there's a scene um where brian gets pulled over i think by the police for absolutely no reason and like he just like he literally just asks them oh why like why are you pulling me over and they react so violently you know shoving me in the car he writes about that in the book that that really happened I did he write so. about? Did he write about the the first time he went to the the jail? Yeah, uh, that's the and opening uh, of the book. That is horrible, literally but, horrible. Um, do you mean the first time, like the the very first when, scene when he's made to take all his clothes off, basically? Oh yeah, uh, that's horrible. Oh, oh my that god. Is, yeah, that's um, that story is actually really interesting because it kind of has more of a development in the book than it does, like that that uh police guard has his own arc in the book that's different from the oh really from the film i might yeah. to, i might might have to go and hunt myself uh the book uh, because it that but you can actually read you can he's done quite a few talks and he talks about it in those as well oh really okay yeah well, they kind of a version of that you know the police the prison guard that kind of felt bad about doing it or you could see throughout the film. yes yeah yeah yes 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 that's essentially the guy that it's based on Oh, is that the guy that kind of looks like a low-budget Ryan Gosling? I, that's all I could think. That's all I could think about when I was looking at him. It's like, that's like, so it's like a low-budget Ryan Gosling. I don't know if it's just me. So <laughs> you see, I had the Tash thing, and you had the Ryan Gosling thing I'm together. I can see that now. <laughs> I swear oh, I've no. seen him in something else as well, but I, I don't know if it's just if it's another if it's another person. He was very good, but I just that's all I could see. That's, what, that's, that's all I can think about. <laughs> oh yeah. God. yeah, so that guy. Yeah, okay. oh, Who's based on? <laughs> yeah, that was that. Low budget Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that's how he's described in the book. Okay, I'm definitely going to go and hunt this book out. I think uh, I'm trying to read more, so I might as might as well try and another educate book myself. That's really good is there. Uh, Anthony Ray Hinton's book. It's the one that O'Shea Jackson Jr. played. Oh, really? oh okay. He wrote his own story, and it is. Oh, he, his the way he words things is just so great, but also so tragic. <laughs> He's one of the even more tragic. Thirty years on death row. Wow. Uh, but say that all the all those stories like the the Herbert story. The mm. the Anthony Ray they could all be films by themselves. To be honest, they yeah. and here they have like. 10 minutes um just to get that across but uh, yeah but they I think... do so well at, at telling the story without having to have so much real estate in the film oh it's nice that's a lovely way of putting it yes yeah, definitely yeah. yeah uh i've say he hasn't got much dialogue and they do so much with it but yeah i think O'Shea jackson's turned into a really good actor to be honest i think um i watched long shot the other day and i thought it was brilliant in that as well do you know what? I don't remember him in it, but now that I've heard people say that, 
I need to rewatch it to to have a look. What in Longshot or Just Mercy? The... In Long in Longshot. Oh, he's he plays Seth Rogen's best friend. If that makes you remember, I've only it's... seen it once, and it was like April last year, wasn't it? Oh wow! When it came I've out, watched... yeah. So I need to watch it again. I watched it recently, so yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed Netflix, it actually. It is on Netflix, yes. Okay, yeah. I think this will be uh, on some kind of uh, VOD streaming. It should. Pre- yeah, I hope so. Pretty yeah. soon. The greatest way for it to reach as many people as possible. I can definitely see it being on like Amazon Prime pretty pretty soon. They've got a, if I was them, I would roll it out as, as soon as possible. If I was, who's the, who's the production company behind it? Is it Warner's, did you Warner say? Warner Brothers, yeah. And it's not, the film, that, it's not the kind of film that like need, it doesn't necessarily need to be seen at the cinema. Like it's, like I said, it's not like no. cinematic experience. It's the story that matters. So I feel like, and it's like with the report, um, the Scott Z Burns film that oh, yeah. was in cinemas, like for what, a week or two? I don't even know if it was out in cinemas here. It might have just gone straight to Amazon Prime. Nah. That I think everyone's similar, straight home surprise. That that was a similar kind of thing that you don't need to see on the big screen, but it's a really good story to learn about. So yeah. Yeah. Like I like you said, there's for a film that we're praising so much, what we're talking about is how good the story is, how good yeah. the acting is. Um apart from that, it's nothing really to write home about, is it? Like I don't know. I really love some of the technical, like the score. I really love. Yeah, the score was really good. And the, I do like some of the cinematography, but I did find it strange. Did you notice at the beginning it was like a wide, wide, and then it went down into kind of like, not a four by three, but a bit smaller. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't. And then I don't think it went back to the wide again. Which I don't oh. know if it was just the projection or. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird decision. Did it? Did it do that both times you've seen it? I don't remember at LFF, but I do remember the first time because I actually complained about it because oh. I, some of the dial it had been cut off at the bottom. Where like, oh. was like it's not being ratioed properly. I was that person for like five minutes. No, I love those people. <laughs> and then they fixed it, and I was like, okay, but yeah. Then it went down into like a a square, and I don't know if it was because it was like a freedom to prison kind of yeah choice. He's trying to make a point. Yeah, other like, than that, I know what you mean. It, it, the technical elements can, are, are pretty traditional to the genre. I think the director just let the actors do the talking. Obviously, that's what they did. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think it. Maybe the story doesn't need to need that. Uh, it, it's such an important message to get across that he just like, let's not fuck this one up being too artistically over pleasing or. Mm. Yeah, I just don't think it needs it. I think it would have just distracted from what was really the point of the movie. So, uh, at jump cut and jump cast, we have to. We always do a, a out of five uh, star rating. I suppose we do. Uh, Billy, what would you give it out of five? When I reviewed it, I gave it four point five. Wow, I stick with four point five. Yeah, it does uh, what that... it needs to do for me, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since the day I saw it. So I don't know what more it could really do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay uh what what why didn't it get a five for you what makes it that half half a, a mark away from a five is five a perfect is, film the lack yeah it's like i'd give like marriage story and ladybird like a five because not only is it the story is great the script is great but it's everything about it is just whereas like i know what you mean about the pacing about the the um artistic choices it, yeah there's something missing yeah for that half 
that extra half. That extra half. But it means a, a lot. <laughs> a four and a half is bloody good. Holly, what would you give it? Uh, four out of five for me. Yep, really, really good. Um, to be fair, I don't often give films, it's very, very rare that I give films five out of five. So for me, my my highest score is usually 4.5. So, mm. um, so no, yeah, four out of five for me, yeah. Uh, I would also, I think, give it a four out of five. I think it's a, it's a strong piece of cinema that should probably be seen hopefully by as many people as possible uh if that's in the cinema or on some kind of video on demand uh i just recommend people watch it to be honest it's uh it's definitely worth i think it's definitely worth the two hour 17 i know we have commented that it's it does struggle to fill that time but it's definitely worth uh your time to watch it so uh, overall i think that's a recommendation from us Absolutely, uh, yeah exactly so yeah go and see it people so as it's now we're started 2020 and we're probably about a month in by the time you, you guys listen to this and we've seen a few films like Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Um, I was just thinking I'm going to ask my uh, my colleagues here which, what films are they most, most looking forward to in 2020. Uh, there's some exciting stuff to come. So uh, Holly, I'm going to pick you first this time. Exciting. Um, yeah. So I, I think I've talked about this quite a lot on Twitter, but the thing, the film <laughs> I'm most excited about, I, nothing to do with Adam Driver for once. Amazing. I, I've actually got another aspect of my personality. Um, anyway, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is oh, okay. the I'm most looking forward to this year oh. because I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. But specifically, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure like one of my favorite movies of all time i think it's hilarious um love keanu reeves and alex winter and i just can't believe they're doing a third one so uh yeah and that's out i think august 21st of this year so i'm very very excited for that wait i'm very excitedly anticipating a trailer i hopefully in the next few months so. it's got it's got to happen soon the trailer hasn't i haven't it? heard of that yet have you have you seen oh, the previous two billy no <gasps> i out <laughs> It's I mean, nas- first National Treasure and now this. Bill and Ted. How, when was the last one released, Holly? Educate um, me. So the first one was 1989 and then the second oh, one was wow. 1991. So, so that... Old, oh, it's been a really long time. That is a real gap. Uh, yeah, it's 29 years of a gap. Oh my, so, um, oh my God. I know. <laughs> uh, and what, what are you most looking forward to about it? Is it Keanu or...? Uh, I mean... Oh, obviously. I mean, I, I'm excited for whatever Keanu Reeves does, but I just love that. I just love the dynamic between Bill and Ted. Like, it's just they're just hilarious because they're so, they're just such idiots, but they're just lovable <laughs> idiots. I just oh, and just, some of the like some of the lines from Excellent Adventure. It's just so funny. Like I repeat them like on a daily basis, like just to myself. It's just yeah, I love them. I'm just so excited. I just I'm not gonna have like too high expectations for it because it's just it's not that kind of film it's just it's just fun it's just like silly fun so i'm very excited i have i haven't watched the other two in in how many years i so do they still have they aged well um, we know keanu has unbelievably of, uh, to be fair, i've only seen bogus journey once i actually prefer the first one i prefer excellent adventure but a couple mm-hmm. of uh, most of it is yeah most of it has held up quite well a couple of jokes haven't there's like a homophobic joke uh, and like mm. 
probably something else, probably a racist joke as well, at one, maybe at one point, but I'm, pro- I'm probably not remembering that right. But it's, yeah, so it's it's held up a lot better than, like, a lot of other a lot of other films from that time, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, so no. No, no I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Isn't it like their, their daughters are going to be part of it or something? That's what I've, I've read yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I think, uh, I yeah, think. so... Um, it's yeah they've got both got a, uh, a daughter each one's called billy and one's called taya so that's like bill and ted but like the like the female name <laughs> which is so they could easily they could easily do a spin-off after this yes absolutely yeah. huh. and um samara weaving i think is playing um uh bill's daughter and i can't remember the name of the actress playing ted's daughter but obviously they look great like the casting is really really good Cool. Good first pick, that one. Uh, Billy, what about you? Um, I have two that I'm really excited for. Uh, one of them's Come On, Come On by Mike Mills. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen 20th Century Women. I haven't. I've been meaning to watch oh, it. But... So but, but I have seen National Treasure 1 and 2, so... <laughs> yeah, you went you went that <laughs> but, but I hear it's very good, this 20th Century Women. I think it was meant to be follow-up to 20th century women but it's got Joaquin Phoenix as the lead which mostly I'm excited to see how he works with Mike Mills as a director because Mike Mills is the kind of guy who would do like dance parties in the morning and I just couldn't imagine Joaquin Phoenix doing that interesting (laughs) (laughs) so that's like my main reasoning his film's so so stylish and I realized just I was looking just before we started recording that it's shot by Robbie Ryan oh yeah Sorry, sorry, we missed you. I think. Ah. So I'm like, it's going to be even more beautiful than the last one. Matt Mills, Beginners. I love that film. I like that. Oh yeah, I haven't actually watched that one, but I have the DVD of it. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, that's a good Christopher Plummer. I think won an Oscar for oh, it. Yeah. It's got Ewan McGregor in it. It's good. It's... Yeah, I think it was based on his dad. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I can. Maybe I have seen 20th Century Women. It's got Annette Benning, Elle Fanning, and Greta Gerwig. That is a hell of a cast, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, and Billy Crudup, and then Lucas Zuman's the young Oh, wow. So I think that Joaquin Phoenix is meant to be playing a grown-up Lucas Zuman, but I'm not sure if it just like was a rumour that it was a sequel and it's a completely different film. Because there's not much information right and now. And when's that out? Later in the I'll year? keep my eye It hasn't got a date yet. It does say 2020, but I think it will do like festivals in... The so let's keep, keep fingers crossed for London Film Festival or something then. And that'd be... Yeah. <laughs> try and see that. Uh, and you mentioned the second one then. What's your second one? Uh, Bergman Island. Bergman Island. You're pelling out the ones I don't know. Which one's that one? Uh, it's directed by Mia Hansen Love. And it's about... It was originally going to have Greta Gerwig in it, but she dropped out of it because she directed Ladybird and then got too busy. So I think she's been trying to shoot it for like three years. I think there was two actresses in it and they both dropped out and then she just decided to be in it herself and shot it with I can't remember who the the um the main actor is alongside her but it's about a couple who go to the island where Ingmar Bergman did all his okay 
Oh, wow. I'm looking at it now. It's uh, Tim Roth's Vicky Creeps, Crepes from Phantom uh, Phantom Friend. And another name I won't be able to pronounce. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Mia, the girl that played Alice and Alice in Wonderland, the recent one. Mia was a. Mia Vashikovska. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I think you say it like that. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You're closer than I'm ever going to get with it. So. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's an interesting choice. The picture of Wonderland, I reckon. I haven't heard of that one either. Again, no date, just 2020. It says you... Yeah, I think they're both going to be like festival ones later on in the year. I think that, yeah, that also looks good. I think Vicky Crepes, whatever her name is, whatever, and that gives him no respect. Vicky, <laughs> I think she was amazing in Phantom Fred, so whatever, I was looking forward to what she does next. And Tim Roth's excellent. I watched Tim Roth. That's so great that you've picked two, like, re- like really undiscovered like indie films whereas there's me with like oh yeah Bill and Ted and also like Eternals and all like the Marvel stuff well yeah mate, it's gonna, we all have our own preferences it's gonna make my pick look quite stupid uh, but my pick what is it I wanna know <laughs> you probably haven't seen the original either but my pick is Top Gun colon Maverick oh no I've never seen Top oh. Gun neither have I <laughs> it's not going well all I know is the song from it because have you seen Going the Distance uh, what the no. Tim- oh, Timothy oh. rom com? No. <laughs> or J- Jennifer Gardner. Justin. Long. Yeah. Justin Long. Yeah. And is it not Drew? Bell? Is it? I'm, oh yes, I'm thinking of the wrong one. I'm thinking of the one with Kevin Smith. Don't worry. Yes. Anyway, there's a bit where they play the song, and that's that's all. That's I know. all you know of Top Gun. <laughs> Just the song. Yeah. Billy. Billy. <laughs> oh, it's such an important Sorry. movie. It's also brilliant. But anyway, Top Gun is uh, the sequel to, well, sorry, Maverick Top Gun is the sequel to Top Gun. Uh, and Top Gun is probably, along with National Treasure, one of my favourite films. Uh, Top Gun was released in 1986. It's got Tom Cruise in it. Oh, wow. uh, and this is a sequel. Uh, it's about Maverick being pulled back into Top Gun, which is like a training school for the best of the best uh, fighter pilots in America, basically. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about Top Guns because there's so many good things in it that you should watch uh, and what they did and how they filmed the uh, the fighter planes. It's incredible. It's, it's brilliant. It's a Tony, a Tony Scott movie. Uh, it's so much fun. Have I sold it to you at all? It just never, appe- it just never appealed to me. I don't know why. Like, I love 80s movies yeah. in general, but I just something about Top Gun just never... Nothing about it. You could not, you could not get more 80s movies than Top Gun. It's mm. it's incredible. There's the, the beach volley, volleyball scene. They're, they're singing all together in a nightclub one. But you've lost that love and feeling, which is also a great scene. And like I said, the fight scenes when they're actually the airplanes are doing their thing is a lot of it was like actually filmed as planes doing crazy things and it's fun and it's funny and it will make you cry at one point and it's 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 definitely worth watching billy and i have a lot to watch by the sounds of it (laughs) two national treasures top gun oh god now i have to catch up on bill and yeah Yeah, oh yeah, there you That's go. That's a graphic. Basically everything you've mentioned. But anyway, this is released in, in July. So you've got a few, some time to watch all these movies. Uh, but I yeah. literally cannot wait for this movie. It's a big thing for me. It's a big thing for my, my family. My 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 mum and dad literally brought me up just watching literally Top Gun 
on repeat. Yeah. And we've already like said we're all going to watch it together when it comes out. Hopefully the BFI and IMAX because I think it's been filmed in IMAX. It's going to be amazing. And even the trailer looks incredible. And Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise literally does all his own flying. So he's nuts. Really? Yes. He's an actual pilot. Oh my, God. Oh my goodness. That's he does everything by himself. I'm surprised he hasn't killed himself yet. It's one of those. But <laughs> this is a big thing for him to come back to this role because, again, I didn't think I'll ever see it. And I gave up hope for a sequel many years ago. And now, finally, again, this year, I'm finally going to... Uh, since 1986. So I'm 35 and I was born in 1985. So, yeah, 30, 34 years. 34 years? Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and also... This, I mean, it's a long gap to have between... The them. soundtrack is is brilliant as well. So maybe just start listening to that. It's, again, very 80s. But Cool. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> I'm going to try and pick one you might have seen. Uh, Holly, what's your second one? Briefly mentioned it earlier, but uh, The Eternals uh, out in November. I'm very excited. I don't really know anything about them, which I'm glad about because I'm just excited to see some new characters in the MCU. And the cast is amazing. Um, I'm just, yeah, just looking forward to seeing how they, what they're like and how they will eventually fit in sort of with everyone else if they ever do meet anyone else in the MCU, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. (laughs) After uh, the last two Avengers films, I'm sure we'll have the sort of regeneration of of the Avengers or something. Um, Yeah, I just, yeah, the fact that we know nothing, pretty much nothing about it at the moment is very exciting. Um, I can't wait to start hearing things. We haven't had a trailer yet for this, have we? No, no. Um, I don't even know if they've like said what the plot's going to be or anything, or given any details about it. We just pretty much know the cast and the character names. I think. Wow. Um, which part? Yeah. So which member of the cast are you most excited to see? Probably, I think Kamel Nanjiani, just because I'm just curious to see. I, I've not seen oh, yeah, him so in a lot of films. He's got ripped. I know. Yeah. I can't believe. Like, I was just thinking about the other day. Like, I went on Instagram. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I never would have imagined that he'd be like that. But um, yeah, I'm just. I think because I've not seen. Yeah, I've not seen him in a lot of stuff. I think because I've not seen The Big Sick. I think the only thing that I've seen him do. You need to watch the, the Big Sick. Is great. That's yeah, because so he did a voice in, uh, he voiced a character in Men in Black International, and I literally think that's the only thing I've seen him in. So oh. I'm excited to see him in a superhero role. So um, Have you seen Silicon Valley? Yeah. His team, no, I haven't. He's very funny in that. Uh, so seeing him in that, going to like his Instagram the other day when he's actually built like a British shithouse now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, beast mode. It's quite a transformation. Yeah, and Richard, Richard Madden as well. Yeah, because isn't Richard Madden, um, isn't his character like, basically going to be the first gay MCU character. That is the rumour. Pretty much. But, so, you um, know. Well, hopefully they actually follow through on that. They said something like that in Endgame and it's the most pathetic thing I've seen in a while, I think. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah, they yeah. actually commit to what they what they say this time. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, the Russos tried to pat themselves on the back for that in Endgame, but it really was nothing <laughs> non-consequential. <laughs> so hopefully. No, it wasn't. This is an actual change. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Angelina Jolie being part of the Marvel Universe. I think that's a... A uh, good casting. Like you, I don't know anything about this as a as a comic book. I have no idea. So, mm-hmm. but I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, so yeah, I'm already f- first in line for this as well. It was on, it was it was on my list to see as well. Uh, I'm gonna, but yeah, when's that out? Uh, 
Uh, November something, maybe twentieth or something. So it's a long. So time long. Away, Black Widow comes first, right? That's first. That's March. Yes. Uh, oh, May. May. Was it? May. End of April. <laughs> I think it's like May first. If we just say it's this year, then we're definitely going to be right. Yeah. <laughs> it says May first on IMDb. There we go. You are. You, oh, you are quick at this. The, the Eternals is November sixth. So. I think this is going to be an exciting year for Marvel. Uh, to be honest, I think that the, the the trailer for Black Widow the other day looks really good. Um, I know it should have. It's about what seven years too late, but better yeah. late than yeah. <laughs> Finally, she gets her own film, True. and we can actually. And it looks pretty half decent. So yeah, I was, it does look good. It looks really good. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, my second pick is again. I'm a big blockbustery kind of guy. Uh, is the Christopher Nolan's new film that you know absolutely nothing about is Tenant. Uh, oh Hello. man! Ah, uh, yeah. You don't seem excited there, Billy. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I saw the trailer and everyone was like really in love with it, but I don't know. Action's not really my my kind. Is it not? But it's like no, spy spy time travel. Is that? Spy time travel. Well, he did that. Yeah. <laughs> so and he did it well. So I'm sure I'm sure it'll be impressive. On IMDb, it says an action epic revolving around international espionage, time travel, and evolution. I mean, it's it sounds so cool. It, I, I before the Star Wars Rise of the whatever I'm call it, they had the, I saw the seven minute introduction and it was pretty cool to be honest. It was yeah, because it was one of those. It's one of those films that everybody was talking about on Twitter. They were really excited for, and I had no mm. idea what it was. And then I yeah. think it was when I went. Yeah, when I went and saw Rise of Skywalker for the third time. <laughs> um, <laughs> controversial. Um, I saw. I didn't see a seven. I didn't see like seven minute thing, but it was just like um, it was just like a teaser trailer. But I thought, oh, that looks really cool. And then when I looked up and it said something about like World War Three and time travel and it's John David Washington, I was like, okay, that's very, very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm into this now. <laughs> and it's got Patson in it as well, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Elizabeth Debicki as well. It's going to be... Um, wow. I think it's going to be good. I'm not a big fan of all his films, to be honest, Nolan, but I'm a big fan of The Dark Knight. Uh, Inception, I think it's brilliant. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Interstellar, to be honest, so... But this is a uh, this is got my attention again. Apparently, it's out the same day as Top Gun. I've just seen. Ooh, oh, double bill for you. You have to do <laughs> it. Decide. Who's going first? Well, Top Gun. Top Gun. Thirty-four <laughs> years. All my life, basically. That'll be a very loud day for you. Uh, I imagine there'll be a lot of explosions. I want to see them both in the IMAX. So it depends if they're both playing. To be honest. Oh yeah. So I might have to jump across London a bit if they're. Playing at two different screens, but it's going to be worth it. Any other any other films that you think deserve a mention? That I know that everyone's really excited about. Is it Dune? Oh yeah, the film Dune Earth. and the French Dispatch. Yeah, oh, those are the ones yeah. I've seen spoken about most. Oh, they are. That's a good shout. I've also got some other ones on my list. I got The Invisible Man. The trailer looks the trailer oh. looked good. Uh, a Quiet Place Part Two. I was yeah. a big fan of that first one. Uh, Fast and Furious Nine, Billy. I believe this is right up your street. If you ever like, oh. have you have you seen Fast and Furious films? <laughs> Do you know what? The only one I've seen is Hudson Shaw. Oh my lordy! Um, sorry, I don't think I've seen any I'm of them. Sorry. Oh, no. oh, okay. I've seen great. like bits of some of them, but I've never sat through a whole one. You should def. <laughs> you should definitely 
watch five and seven, I would say, and probably one and six. And I read. There's just so many. And I enjoyed yeah, eight. But you, you could. Yeah, it's too late. You could probably. There's too many. Uh, if you got a spare weekend at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'll be too busy watching that. <laughs> and Bell and Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Top, Top Gun. Gun. I can't, I can't do all of these things. Yeah, it's only so much time. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. No, there's no, the rock's not in this one. So that's, that's devastating <laughs> for me as a fan. Uh, and also the last one on my, two more on my list actually. Uh, the new Bond film. I know, I don't know why I keep getting excited for James Bond films, but I do. No Time to Die. Daniel Craig's reported last film. Uh, yeah, trailer looks good. It does look good, John. I am um, every time every time a new Bond film called rolls around I'm saying I'm not gonna be excited for this and every time it does and I think, Yep, yep, here we go. You fall into the trap. <laughs> this one does look very good and I'm I'm really not a Bond fan at all. Like I went and saw Spectre just because I was a fan of Christoph Waltz and like that was the only reason I saw it. Um so I'm this one that does actually look genuinely really good. Yeah, it does <laughs> so. look good. I'm excited. Okay, and the last one I have to mention is Last Night in Soho because I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. But again, I know nothing about it. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah I, 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 I've heard of it, but yeah, I don't know anything about it. Either. It's been mainly, well, as it's called Last Night in Soho, it's been filming a lot around Soho in London, so. Oh. Oh, I've seen people post pictures on Twitter of the, the van. Mm. I don't know if that's what it was related to. I, it probably is. They, yeah. Every time I'm in Soho, it seems to be, especially a few months ago when they were filming, was just full of filming and i was like what film is this for and then i it would click it's actually the one based in soho brilliant um okay thank you very much i think it's all pretty clear we're all looking forward to this year uh hopefully none of these films let us down because uh (laughs) i don't think i could live in a world where there's a bad top gun film oh no pressure's on (laughs) um yeah i'll be proper depressed if that's rubbish you can just cancel it from your mind i'll just watch i'll just watch national treasure one and two again so it'd be fine (laughs) last thing we last thing we have to mention is uh if you guys want to come uh, give us a bit of support at jump cut and jump cast and become a patreon member it would be a big help for us we've got big plans for the future and we've got a very exciting 2020 if you do want to come a patreon member please check out our website uh, there's three different tiers. I believe they're all Ryan Gosling related. Uh, they're, they're actually very clever. Uh, and they're all different levels of money. So you can pretty much just pay as little as you want to as much as you want. Uh, and each comes with a, a certain amount of bonuses and thanks. Uh, uh, and if you pay the most amount, I think you get a special shout out on this podcast. So thank you to Zoe Baines, Daryl Griffins, and Hugh Addison, Addison, Addison. And if you want your name ruined like these fine people, uh, just yeah, check out Jump Cut online and go to the Patreon page and join up. And I will massacre your name probably. Uh, it, we really do appreciate everyone's help. Uh, it, it makes our website uh, help grow to where we want it to be and go. And we have some big old plans, basically. And it's the 2020 is going to be 2020. Yeah, is going to be a big year for us. And uh, you should get on board because it's going to be amazing. Uh, finally, I've just got to say thanks to my brilliant colleagues who have joined me on this episode. Uh, thank you, Billy. Thank you so much. You did a brilliant on your debut. Uh, 
Oh, thank you so much for having hopefully me. We, trusting me. Either. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we, you can come back soon. Uh, you've passed the test, apart from not seeing all the films we spoke about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get ripped apart. But, but your knowledge about smaller films is very good for us. Uh, thank you to Holly, as always. Uh, well, thank you very much. Have you guys got anything to promote or, you know, anything you want to mention before we go? Any reviews that you have on the page are coming up or any? I will have some coming up. Um, I will be reviewing The Man Who Killed Don Quixote oh. uh, and Do Little yeah. in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> it's a cut, Sorry. So, um... you, got, you got the Do Little one. Cool, cool, cool. I have. I actually chose it because I um, have actually been looking forward to this film for about two years, over two years. Oh, and no. so I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> I cannot wait what you think of that. Universal must be crying right now. First cats now this. <laughs> yeah, I just like I love Robert Downey Jr. so much, so this is uh yeah. The things I do yeah. for the actors that I admire. So uh, uh yeah, so that we've got that to look forward to in the next awesome. couple of weeks, guys. <laughs> um Billy, I'm gonna mention your uh, Just Mercy and the Injustice system all up on our up, up on our page. I think people should check that out after <laughs> listening to this it's a really good read and it's brilliantly written by billy so you're welcome you. uh and i had a lot of fun talking to david for that oh really he was also in the movie <laughs> <laughs> so that's an incentive to exactly <laughs> it's really good uh and i've got nothing coming out i'm just gonna keep i believe i'm back in a couple of weeks on episode 13 but next week i'm gonna forgot who's coming up let me just find that out Ah, uh, and next week's episode, we've got Team USA are back. I believe with Audrey, Jeff, and Jess, and they will be reviewing the Lighthouse, uh, which, Ooh. which I believe everyone's seen apart from me at this point. Um, oh no! I hear it's great. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they see and what they think of this film. And that's all from me. My name's Dave Curtis. Thanks very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. You're all brilliant. Jump. Jump cast out.